Welcome, listeners, to Season 4, Episode 7 of Drinking and Screaming, a queer and feminist podcast about horror movies and cocktails. I'm Char. And I'm Kelly. And we want to let you know that we currently have a few polls out on our Patreon, <laughs> patreon.com slash drinkandscream, to figure out what we should watch next and what we should put in our giveaway. That was like the most bro way to say that. Yo, we're having a giveaway! <laughs> give it away, give it away, give it away now. So be sure to check those out and vote. This week, we are watching Critters from 1986. But first, we have an inspired cocktail creation that we made to match the mood and themes of the movie. So we made this drink to be... Disappointing. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say gross and disappointing, and I don't think the drink is actually either of those things, but I wanted to bury the lead. I had the lead ready, I had the whole dug, and I wanted to bury it. Yeah. This episode will contain discussion on terrorism and animal death. If either of these things are something that you need to not hear today, feel free to skip this episode. So Kelly made this drink. Tell me more, my love. So I was going Can I to, sip it? Uh, yes. So for the last week, Shara and I have been sober because we are doing a science experiment uh, to test the, our bodies, I guess. Yeah. So this is the first drink that we're having after a whole week of break. So I was going to make one for my love that she would like, but I wouldn't like. <laughs> But then I just couldn't get myself to do it. So instead, what I did is um, I made a drink that I had been planning to make for this season. You know, like the base drink I was going to make and then the variant. Um, So what I did is I took the drink that I've been wanting to make and did a bunch of things that I expected were going to make it bad. So it was like (laughs) I took gremlins and made it bad. I get it because Critters is bad. Yeah, Critters is a bad movie. (laughs) I don't care if you were hoping to wait for us to say that. I don't don't know if we're spoiling our episode by saying that too early. But then I tasted this drink and I was like, something about this is pretty good, actually. Uh, Immediately, I noticed the bitters in such a good way. Good. They cut through because the ingredients in this cocktail are very sweet, but also sweet. (laughs) Yeah, but it got smoothed out somehow and it might be the bitters. We're using Mad Labs Black Lime Bitters, which is a new one for us this season. Yes. And I think that it is that liminess that's really cutting through and just bitters themselves have a very distinct taste, even like regardless of flavor. And I feel like that cuts through in a really refreshing way. And this is, first of all, it's like blackish green colored. Yeah. I wanted to look at the color of the critters. And they're (laughs) bleeding a little bit. So their fur is a little bit greenish. This is the second time I've used one of these mystery ingredients. You got to go to our Patreon to find out. And thought it was going to be sort of bad, but been delightfully pleased at how good it was to the point where I'm probably going to make some more of these after we record. Oh, my. Because this is actually like pretty damn tasty. And it's still got that like underlying cocktail that I wanted to make. Yeah. But with the you twist. You should say what, what's the what's the under what is this base? So it's a it's a Negroni at its base. We got some uh, some Campari and I wanted to make everything together. And then I and twisted, twisted it. it up. I twisted it. And it turned out really good, actually. What so, is this called? Uh, this is called Critter Blood. No, I want the real name. <laughs> I want the real one. All right, Magneto. <laughs> uh, Necritter? <laughs> because it's also a bad name. It's the grown me and it's critters. So. <laughs> I 
like it that too much, I think. I'm really surprised by how good this is. This is a great sipping drink. The first sip was like almost too sweet, but then... As I drink it, it's like really mellowed out and it's nice. It's also really strong, so it'll get you fucked up after a week of sobriety. Yay! I had a bagel before this. Yeah, carbon up to absorb the liquor. (laughs) So this week we watched Critters, which premiered on April 11th, 1986. It's directed by Stephen Herrick and story and screenplay was written by Dominic Muir. It stars Dee Wallace as loving mother Helen Brown. Billy Greenbush as father Jay Brown, Scott Grimes as rascally son Brad, Nadine Vanderveld as sneaky daughter April, and M. Emmett Walsh, which is hard to say, <laughs> as Sheriff Herv. The synopsis was written by Daniel Jose Leary. Daniel Hose Leary? Not sure. On IMDb. Thanks, Daniel. A group of small but vicious alien creatures called Krites escape from an alien prison transport vessel and land near a small farm town on Earth, pursued by two shape-shifting bounty hunters. Uh, So Shar forgot to write the rest of the synopsis. Don't call me out. I'm going to improvise the rest of it. So about a half hour to 45 minutes of establishing (laughs) this small Americana family and its dysfunctional town. Uh, We finally see the ship of the Krites crash near their farmhouse. Well, seen by the son, the father and the one drunk guy that nobody in the entire town seems to believe about aliens. Uh, We then slowly watch as the critters just devour animals, but don't devour the family. And we slowly watch the bounty hunters wander aimlessly through the town and shooting places up while absorbing the faces of the people around. Finally, we get a confrontation where the bounty hunters find the farmhouse and start fighting the critters in probably the most action-packed part of the entire movie. They then blow up the house twice. That's right. The same shot of the house blowing up. Yeah. They then escape. Uh, The uh, drunk guy then goes with the bounty hunters off into space and uh, the critters are blown up. And we see as the house is being randomly reconstructed by some sort of space magic, we go into the chicken coop and find out that the critters have laid eggs. Thus establishing the the epilogue to, or the prologue to Critters 2. I was going to say the Easter theme of this episode. (laughs) Oh. Yay. That makes sense. Anyways, that's... uh, a bunch of other stuff happened in the movie, but that that's was my good. improv. Critters are adorable. They got red eyes. They are little balls of adorableness. Yeah, not scary at all. Hit me with that trailer audio. Of all the planets in the galaxy, they chose ours. They hide in small places. This phone is dead. They light the dark. Jay, any luck? Just a minute. There's nothing cute about them. Critters. They bite. Okay, so if you've heard our preview on this, you know that I thought that this was going to be a horror comedy. And that trailer definitely made it seem like a horror comedy and made it seem way more fun and entertaining and engaging than it was. And I demand a refund on this free movie that I watched. What are you talking about? We paid for this movie. <laughs> we got an Amazon Prime shot of Netflix, wherever it's playing. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I also liked how the guy calls you out for calling them cute. 
The announcer yeah. is like, they're not cute. But they are. They're pretty dang cute. <laughs> yeah, it, it. all the best scenes were in that trailer. And of course, we forgot to mention that there is a buddy. There is a buddy. Well, I think I saw your points. I, I saw your points okay. going ahead, so. Well, then we'll keep that secret. There's a buddy. But you heard the yeah, I'll probably put in the mirror. <laughs> so do you want my point? Yes. Tell me your thoughts, please. Listen, I know we've been pretty ambiguous thus far <laughs> as to whether or not we enjoyed this movie. We like to uh, hold our cards close to our chest or mm-hmm, something. Mm-hmm. But I thought and I don't you can speak for yourself that this movie was super boring and bad. Yes. OK, cool. I definitely agree. <laughs> It. I found out while doing, sorry to just take over your point here, but this movie is only uh, 86 minutes long. God, and it felt like 86 years. Yeah. Where I was, my jaw literally dropped when I saw that runtime. It felt like we watched this movie over the course of an entire afternoon. Yeah. We popped it open. Uh, we sat down and watched it. I felt like the entire day went by. My mom finished what we she was doing and came upstairs and watched the ending of it. And I was like, wow, we've been watching this movie for like three hours now. <laughs> and nope. it just like it wasn't it had some good scenes that made it not boring. Yeah. But the distance between those scenes felt like a fucking mile. Yeah, it definitely could have been shorter. But that's what I mean, though, because then with such a short runtime already, cutting out all that fluff would have made it like an hour long. Yeah. But films need to just do that. Don't be afraid. Don't be af- don't be scared <laughs> to just be an hour long. Listen, the first Inspector Gadget live action movie was about an hour long. <laughs> Besides that, though, the movie felt strangely high quality or like high budget, I guess. Oh, yeah. There were tons of people that I recognized. Yeah. And I don't know if it's one of those things where this was their first movie or something, but... E.T. definitely came out before this. Yeah. I, well, uh, yeah. And then, um, but like the, there was, like we said, there were explosions. They blew up an entire farmhouse. There was explosions in multiple sets. They had tons of like props and Gore. prosthetics and stuff. They had a dead cow. They had a big, uh, big old dead cow. They had bad looking spaceships, but still, still spaceships. They had a floating guy. Like there was a lot of stuff in this movie that kind of made me think that it was props taken from other things. Because I know that like some production studios will let some movies just grab props from other other places. Yep, yep, yep. So I don't know. It's it's strange that they shoved so much budget in this and then it still turned out extremely boring. Yeah. Again, my thing is just cut out. Don't be afraid of being a bit shorter. It's okay. Yeah, we don't need all, so many reaction shots. We don't need to see people slowly walking through a field. If you cut, we'll know they walked through that field. <laughs> just have them be like, wow, that field was pretty long, right? That's a great direction. <laughs> it's not the Vavitch. We're not establishing that they're all walking off into the forest alone and isolating themselves from society. They're just looking in the, on their farm for some... Some rat animals. <laughs> That's so weird that you bring up the Vavitch because I'm going to be talking about that in another segment. Ooh. But what's your next point? <laughs> um, my next point is that this movie is both progressive and regressive when it comes to feminism. Yes, uh, I also noticed this. 
April, who's the daughter, was actually like a very confident character. She was very like sex positive and uh her when her bad boyfriend came well he actually was kind of cool yeah he was when chill her, he wanted to eat that dinner and she was like i want sex let's now. go bone <laughs> so like during a time period where it was almost like the where it was always the douchey boyfriend uh pressuring, pressuring. the girlfriend yeah, yeah it was nice to see her like excited to have sex and it wasn't in a weird way like they didn't paint her as like slutty yeah it was great she just was old enough and had a boyfriend that she wanted to bone in the on top of really sharp hay. That was the only thing I pointed out while we were watching hey, it. Hey, y'all, don't have don't have sex on hay. That shit is sharp. I don't, yeah. You can get <laughs> hay splinters, and Ugh. that sucks hard. Imagine that on your butt. Yeah. Um, no thanks. Yeah. So, and also, like, even when Steve was getting attacked by the critters, she fought back. She got a uh, hay... Hey, Eventually. Hey, pick. No, it was a bit <laughs> annoying that she was like lying there screaming for quite a bit. Yeah. The mom also did that. Oh, yeah. That's the regressive part that I was going to talk. OK, about, go is ahead. The fact that uh, Helen, who's the mom, uh, is shown freaking out and constantly being useless yeah. when they're getting attacked by the critters. Uh, the dad gets taken out of commission pretty early on in the movie, and it falls on her to fight back against the critters, but she's constantly just screaming and falling over and playing like the damsel in distress character. Yeah, so that her son has to do more. Yeah, it's always the men protecting the women. Because even when April fights them off on Steve, she then is like put into a corner and it's up to the brother to come in. Save her. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, The mom has a few good points when she gets comfortable with the shotgun. She does manage to kill a couple of the critters. But even between those scenes, she's still shown to be like the damsel in distress kind of character. Yeah, I think it's okay. Like it doesn't she didn't have to be a total badass hitting every shot and uh, knowing how to work a gun. In fact, it's cooler that she didn't know how to do it and was able to get it done, get the task done of defending her family. Yeah. But it's the trope of like constantly. I don't want to say the word useless again, but like wailing women not having any gumption or initiative. <laughs> yeah. It's usually until like someone slaps them and says, snap out of it. And they're and like, like oh. okay. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just, it was weird because like the men didn't go through that sort of journey. They were always, I need to fight for my family and blah, blah, blah. I'm going to shoot and, and fight and punch. Yeah. And the women are all like, oh, heavens, <sighs> heavens to Betsy. <laughs> so yeah, it was, it was strange that there was such a progressive female character but then every other instance beyond that they were portrayed poorly yeah yeah and uh my final point which this is why we had the uh content warning is why the fuck was their kid a terrorist yeah homemade pipe bombs it wasn't like the first time we see him use one it's fine it's kind of a little firecracker like a cherry bomb and they blow up a spaceship which kind of looks like a Battlestar Galactica spaceship you're really close oh I'm close yeah okay it was weird that he was blowing up a spaceship and I was like that has to be a reference it was a Star Wars Y-Wing oh cool yeah painted those are actually kind of similar now that I think about it but they're not firecrackers they are explosives that he literally like oh, continue <laughs> we see him make a pipe bomb yeah like his dad is like yeah kid stop playing with those firecrackers blah, 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 blah. it's not a firecracker it's a, your kid made a pipe bomb dude <laughs> his his ingredients consist of gunpowder from a shotgun shell it like it blows my mind that it they blows. think 
it explodes my mind to think that this dad is so concerned with his son using a slingshot, a thing that like does no damage, has never killed someone, maybe taken out an eye, but then he's chill with his son just stealing his shells and making explosives out of them. But of yeah. course, that's what kills the Kreitz in the end. It all loops back around. Totally worth it. Yeah. Heavy handed as it was, it was interesting that they combined both the child's highly deadly explosives with uh, the Charlie's uh, alcohol. Yeah. Where yep. he makes a Molotov. And now the kid's going to grow up thinking that making explosives is going to solve all of his problems. And he's going to keep doing it. Yeah. I brought up that it's one of the, like, obsession with fire or pyrotechnics is one of the three leading signs in young people that they will grow up to be a psychopath. So this kid on a watch list. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, he was nice to the cat because I know that, like, cat, like animal harm is yeah. another early sign. But that cat lives through the whole movie. Yeah. I mean, I was a pyro growing up. I have. A Are few- you a psychopath? <laughs> <laughs> Playing the long game. <laughs> but this kitty kind of brings me into one of my points. Dope. Are you done? Um, I mean, I could talk about how this kid's going to grow up to try to take over the capital at some point. But, you know, we can move on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> going to take a moment to talk about our socials and sponsors. This season of Drinking and Screaming is sponsored by American Nightmare Candle Company. Big news! You folks can now get a discount. Get 10% off your order on their Etsy page with the code DRINKANDSCREAM. All caps. I don't know if that's required. Just in case. All caps. Bring the horror into your home with a handmade soy wax candle from American Nightmare Candle Company. The scents are inspired by locations iconic to the horror genre. Places like the Overlook Hotel, Sleepy Hollow, and Elm Street. Each fragrance combination is carefully curated to transport you into the story, and the catalog is ever-evolving. Available for purchase at Etsy.com slash Nightmare Candle Co. Are you sick of wearing ordinary face masks? I know I am. Check out these sick face masks from the effects artists at Locked in the Cellar Creations. <laughs> sick, sick. Step up your face mask game with a horror or fantasy character face mask. These are not simple fabric masks, but highly detailed, handmade latex masks in the shape of all kinds of characters and creatures with a built-in washable cotton liner and filter. Available in a variety of designs like Creepy Clown, Dog, Sub-Zero, some even have matching forehead prosthetics to create a complete cosplay look. Check out all of their masks and prosthetics at LockedInTheCellar.com. Evil Amy is back! Yay! And this week, she has a present for you. As part of our Patreon giveaway, Evil Amy is providing some sweet-smelling but horrifying bath bombs. They have great spooky scents, and some of them actually come in the shape of horror movie icons like Freddy Krueger, Chucky, Michael Myers, and more. This giveaway is open to patrons. You'd have to be a patron of as little as $1 or more, but don't worry. You can also get your own. They ship globally at EvilAmy'sTerrorShop.com. This season of Drinking and Screaming would not be possible without the incredible support of Mad Lab Distillery. We love them and their different liquors. You can't go wrong with their amazing gin, vodka, and bitters, which we used for this episode. <laughs> They're like the most used thing in our household at this point. <laughs> yeah. You can make anything taste better with their bitters. 
You can get their fabulous products at madlabdistilling.com. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at drink underscore scream, on Facebook at drink and scream, and you can email us at drinkingandscreaming at gmail.com. For more information and to buy some merch, go to drinkingandscreaming.com. And I want to remind you all to check out our Patreon. We got two polls going on. Tell us what you want in that giveaway with the bath bombs, of course. And tell us what we should watch in a few weeks. Now it's time to wait a half hour before something else interesting happens. Back to the episode. Well, I wanted to say that this is definitely Buddy's favorite movie that we've watched so far because he's totally in it. Yeah. He's the family's cat. It looks just like him. It's not really Buddy. No, I didn't know that Buddy was so old. He's like 40 years old at this point. Because he was at least two in that movie. Yeah. Yeah. And this cat was a really good actor. They had a wind effect on him. He like was slid away and his nails like drew <laughs> lines in the sand. He hissed and, and growled when the, the critters came near. And he survived those critters. Hell yeah. And he was also super like comfortable being picked up and walked around. He got and- to hide in a mailbox. <laughs> he was a stunt kitty. I yeah. mean, there was probably several cats. I don't know if you have. I do not have a fact okay, about so the cats. So it was just Buddy then. Yes. Yeah. I looked for uh, what the actor Kitty's name was, but I couldn't find it. Buddy as Chewy. Yeah. Wait, Chewy. how many goddamn references are there in this movie? There are so many. Okay, I'll, now that I said that, I'm like, wow. It yeah. just it's it's like a it's like Ready Player One. How many times can we throw something into the movie that people will recognize? Yeah. And my second that was like kind of a throwaway point. So I was like, oh, let's merge another throwaway point. But we kind of already talked about how it was just 86 minutes runtime. Oh God. But the film dragged so, 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 so much. Yeah. It, like, I feel like maybe I played it slower. Maybe I accidentally slowed it down on VLC. Oh, my I mean, God. Shutter, Shutter, Amazon, Netflix. I should put Shutter on our taxes. Hulu. Oh, I did. Oh, good. Yeah. Next point, uh, going off the buddy's cute bandwagon. The critters are so <laughs> cute. Oh they're my not, gosh. They're not cute. They're adorable. <laughs> um, yeah, they're little round balls that they kind of reminded me of. Uh, you know those like w- tumbleweeds in the Wild West. You mean tumbleweeds? Yeah. Yeah. They reminded me of that. But they were furry and cute. They and kind of reminded me of like burrs. Like, do you ever get those oh, when you yeah, walk yeah. through fields and stuff and they stick to your clothing? Yep. Yeah. It's also like Buddy's time to shed. So we're brushing him a lot more. And whenever we do that, we like make his clumps of fur into little balls in our palm. And it was just exactly <laughs> that, but a little bit bigger. It's. I said that this movie was high budget, but it kind of felt like they dropped the ball at... On the, they dropped the fur ball on the critters. The critters, because it seemed cheap that they didn't want to show them running. So they just had puffballs rolling on the ground. Yeah. I, I suspended the disbelief and they were like merging themselves into a ball to roll. Yeah. I thought that was cool, but I do agree. One of the biggest drawbacks when you do see them and they are fighting, because they're supposed to be vicious, you just get like in friends when Ross is attacked by the cat and you see him like thrashing with a cat in his hands yeah it was exactly that with like a brownish black ball puff ball on somebody their teeth were menacing oh yeah they were like shark teeth it was cool but once they've actually bit down you don't really see much and then it's just the actor going oh no Uh, oh no (laughs) i mean even with gremlins like a lot of them were just 
puppets that they had to like hide behind cupboards and stuff yes. like that. Yeah. But um, once in a while, you see the Mogwais kind of run around and be cute. And they're so fucking adorable. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought that they were adorable to look at. Their eyes were creepy. The glowing red eyes. Yeah. I thought that was really like well Satan. done. Satan just staring at you. And I didn't know that they had poison spikes. I thought that was like an interesting thing. Poison. I yelled at the actors about this. In <laughs> Yell the, at our audience. In the movie, the dad is like, they got some sort of poison on that spike. It's not poison if it's injected. It's venom. Venom is injected. Poison is ingested. And there was something else that they said wrong. And I yelled at them about it. <laughs> but I don't remember anymore. <laughs> now, my question is, are these critters infants? Um, Why are they so small and then they grow when they eat? Have they never eaten? I don't know, because when they show up on Meteor Prison Galactic Prime Zero, mm -hmm. you hear the voiceover where it's like two of them are eating too much of the food. So we had to kill them. Yeah. So maybe they just these ones were held in captivity for so long. Maybe they grow and shrink depending on how much food they get over a period of time. OK, because we did see them like they all of them were like various sizes and then one gets gargantuan. Yeah. Which that Takes was a cool four twist. Squares. <laughs> <laughs> that was a cool twist. I had no idea that they would get like that. Yeah. Um, the like actual costume that somebody had to wear to walk around was neat. And like whole arms like they have appendages now. <laughs> yeah. I wonder what movie they stole those arms from. <laughs> but why did only one of them get that big? The rest all basically stayed in cute little ball form. Uh, I think we see that one in the chicken coop. So maybe it's okay. implied that that one just ate the most. Yeah. Because we do see ones of varying sizes. So maybe they are just, they also seem like they kind of had personalities. So like one of them was like the wisecracker. One of them was the mean one. one I of them didn't was talk the... about that, but that's true. They had like witty one-liners. Yeah. I have a well, scaredy witty. fact. <laughs> they were pretty witty. I have a scaredy fact about that. So I'll, I'll make sure to mention it later. Okay. But yeah, they spoke and we could actually understand what they were saying through yeah. subtitles. And that so was maybe cool. one was like the leader and that one got to eat the most. Like lions. Yeah. Again, it's a very um, creature feature Thing to do where to like not explain or I was going to say where one of them's like the leader. Oh, OK, because in Gremlins, there's the Mohawk one that's yes. the leader and it's always the one that like all of them listen to. And yeah, it's more it's the most scariest one. And then my last point is talking about like the creatures and like I didn't expect the amount, the sheer amount of sci fi that was oh, in yeah. this film. <laughs> it was incredible. This is not a horror comedy. This is a sci fi horror for sure. Yeah. There were multiple spaceships. The first guy we see is this like weird floating, uh, like on a UFO type thing, like chair with it was very Star Wars episode four. <laughs> yeah. We, we, cause we thought I was expecting but like, bad. you know, like gremlins go to a mysterious shop where they have these fuzzballs and it's like, don't feed these fuzzballs or they will grow. And then <laughs> they feed the fuzzballs and they grow. And you're like, what, you idiot? Yeah. The, the creepy man in the shop told you not to do that. I knew that they came from space, but I didn't think there would be that much. Of that foreplay, if yeah. you will. And then the bounty hunters coming down. That was cool, too. Yeah. Do you want to talk about <laughs> that mistake you saw? Oh, yeah. Um. So the bounty hunters have the ability to change their like green, the kind of like the basic gray uh, alien faces mm -hmm. into 
anyone that they see, apparently. So they watch a bunch of like history of the planet. And Which they, they fast forward through. Yeah. And then they land on a glam rock band and the, one of them changes the face. But I noticed in the movie that when they put in their USB to watch the video, it showed the head of one of them and it, the head was already human looking. So I don't know if that was a mistake that they filmed that scene later and then put it in the wrong place or if they just didn't do the makeup for that scene and hoped that his face wouldn't be in the shot. Yeah, very weird. But and then actually, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, I like that the the glam rock guy's name is uh, Johnny Steele, <laughs> which is kind of like Johnny Silverhand from Cyberpunk. That was just fun. Cool. Yeah, yeah. that's it. That, that's what my mind did. Yeah. While I was waiting for this movie to be over. <laughs> I wanted, speaking about the bounty hunters themselves and how they do transform, that was a really cool moment. Yeah, that was neat. They basically, it, it, you, you could tell that it was filmed in reverse, like, mm -hmm. or yeah, like sh not filmed it in reverse. Edited but to be in reverse. Played back. Yeah. But it starts off like making the skull of a human and then like blood appears on top of the skull. And then that blood becomes muscle tissue. Mm -hmm. And then over top of that, like skin forms. And then they cut away and it's this like rocker guy. But yeah. um, that sequence was like almost a minute and it was worth it. Yeah. That was the best part of the that whole movie. Yeah. And it was creepy. Yeah, it was cool. It reminded me of the reverse pumpkin rotting in the Halloween movies. Yeah. 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 That was neat. That's a good callback. I wonder if there's a little reference there. Ooh. I feel bad because I didn't ask Colleen about the real deal this time because technically she saw the last like 20 minutes or so of this film. She, I think what she said, wait, it's time for the real deal. I think what she said is that if I watched this in its time, it would have been my jam or something along that line. All right. Also, she thought that the glam rock guy was some other guy that she had known, like another glam rock star, imagine from her time. Yeah. I don't remember his name. So this is a useless tidbit. You're welcome. Yay. But don't worry. It's time for Whispers, Whispers from Beyond. But actually, I'm so sad because we have no new reviews, everybody. What the heck? Oh, no. No new reviews or tweets. But I did have a listener reach out with a recommendation. This is from Crystal H, who reached out on Instagram. And they recommend that if you like the Vavitch, you should check out Gretel and Hansel from 2020, which we haven't seen. But I looked it up on Google and it does look very creepy. It's got the girl from It Chapter 2. Oh. And I wanted to remind everybody that if you tweet at us, if you tag us on Twitter, on Instagram, if you leave us a review, you will be included in future episodes. So feel free to do that. And we'll, we love to share the love. I just think of Hansel and Gretel with Hawkeye and Robin. No, it's not that. I know, but that's the immediate thing I think of. And I'm like, really? This no. Just looking at the pictures, like when you Google Gretel and Hansel, it's giving me some real Marianne vibes. Yeah, it's scary. It's, it looks scary. I'm excited. That's cool. Maybe we'll do it this season. I don't know. I got a review for you, Char. <gasps> You're doing a great job. Ah, thanks. <laughs> you know what's not from outer space and boring? What? This book. What? That I found on the ground. Oh, my God. It's what got, is it? It's got a human face, and it's uh, bound in flesh and written in blood. And it's time to open the Ritonomicon! <laughs> 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 During our pre-fear, I guessed what they would sound like, and I was like, 
that's literally what they sounded like. Yeah. My not review is that there's a movie called Hobgoblins from 1988 mm-hmm. that is clearly a ripoff of Critters. But I looked it up and its budget was like $53,000 and it sucked uh, and did a lot of like bad things. Apparently they used toy guns in place of real guns because they didn't get permits for anything. Wow. Uh, I don't recommend watching it because it sounds awful. So my real recommendation (laughs) is Eight-Legged Freaks from 2002 with David Arquette because it's also a bunch of furry creatures wandering the town killing people. But I remember it being fun. Oh my. It's also one of it's that it's a ti- scary year. <laughs> yeah, it's that time period where I'm like, I do not stand by a lot of the things that they say because it's probably problematic. But that's Eight Legged Freaks from 2002. Nice. Uh, Gremlins is totally the better version of this. Sorry, not sorry. An adorable creature accidentally spawns evil versions of itself that destroy a small town. Gremlins from 1984. But also, there's another film, Ghoulies from 1984. Grabbed by the Ghoulies? Which apparently is, there's a whole bunch of like back and forth references with critters and it and like specifically the moment that one of the critters gets into knocked into the toilet and stuck in there this movie from 1984 ghoulies has the creatures coming out from the toilets as their premise which as a person i think about that often when i sit on a toilet about something grabbing me so (laughs) scary but i think it's supposed to be fun but my real recommendation is gremlins 1984 gremlins i forgot that there were more critters after this. There are four. <laughs> the reason we watched this is because we got to watch Critters 2 next year. And then, yeah. like, I think my mind was like, oh, I did it. I'm done. I watched it. <laughs> and then you saying that there's back and forth between ghoulies and, gra- and critters. I was like, fuck, there's more critters. Yes. I hope the second one's good. We don't have to watch all of them, but I do want to watch the second one. All right. Well, we'll have time for that. But right now it's time for... Da-na-na! Scaredy facts. This is the part of our podcast where after watching a really bad movie that makes us sad and bored, we <laughs> curl up in bed and we open up IMDb and other trivia sites and we learn all the backstory and the trivia about the movie and it makes us less sad that it was such a terrible, awful movie. Indeed. And uh, we're, we're inviting you under the sheets with us to enjoy some trivia of Critters. Hard wink. Hard wink. The budget of this film was two million estimated. Yeah. Opening weekend, they made almost that amount, one point six million. Nice, but they this movie is really successful. Jesus, USA alone, they made over thirteen point one million dollars. I could see myself going to a theater and during the boring scenes, people come on stage and do stuff. <laughs> I think I'm just becoming nostalgic for that sort of theater. Yeah. Like if I go, if I go watch Godzilla versus Kong, no one's allowed to talk. If I see a phone in front of me, I'm kicking the back of your seat. If you're taking (laughs) pictures with your little douchebag friends sitting next to me, I'm slapping that phone right out of your dumb, sweaty little hands. But if we go watch Critters in like a historical theater like the Rio, you can throw bread at the screen. You can talk the whole time. You can slurp your little drinks and I won't give a shit. Heck yeah. Not too many scaredy facts, but I feel like we had some good conversations, so I don't feel too, too bad. I was surprised at the amount that was on IMDb. I went to other sites because there were not enough. So, (laughs) Corey Burton, who voices the Critters, also came up with their language. He made a real language, which he described in interviews as combining elements of French and Japanese. I really want to try to say a Japanese phrase that I know 
in a French accent, but I don't want it to be recorded. So I'm going to wait until the episode is over to do it. Sorry, listeners. (laughs) It's only for me. The Kyoto brothers who worked on Killer Clowns from Outer Space designed uh, the critters and they actually based the design of the Krites on the Looney Tunes character Taz, the Tasmanian Devil. That's what Taz sounds like. Good job. Thanks. That was not that my... was a present for the listeners. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although promoted as New Line's answer to Gremlins from 1984, the screenplay of Critters had been written and bought before Gremlins was announced. Herrick had based the screenplay on a nightmare he experienced as a child long before Gremlins was even conceived. Was that nightmare watching a bad movie? Yes. <laughs> They even did uh, rewrites to like further distance themselves from Gremlins after that happened, Uh, which I wonder if maybe that affected the like pacing of the film. Maybe. I wonder if it was stuff like don't get them wet or whatever. Mm, Could be. Blink and you'll miss it. Oh, no, I blinked. There's an E.T. doll in Brad's room. Dee Wallace, who plays Helen, starred in E.T. Again, playing the mother of a boy who comes in contact with aliens. My brain was like, okay, if E.T. doll is in this, then that means that this is not the Star Wars universe because the E.T.s exist in the Star Wars universe. But they have so many references to Star Wars. I know. So it's not the Star Wars universe. It's a universe. It's our universe where Star Wars and E.T. are movies. Ah, Grover's Bend, the town where most of Critters takes place, is a nod to the infamous 1938 radio broadcast of War of the Worlds by Orson Welles. The broadcast reported aliens were landing in Grover's Mill and was performed so well that thousands of listeners believed the fake news report was true. Residents in the area panicked and mistaking a water tower for a UFO, they shot it to pieces. The broadcast is about aliens landing in a spacecraft and then attacking humankind just like the plot in Critters. What a fanciful world we used to live in where people listen to news reports that are obviously fake and just believe them. Whoa, Fox News? (laughs) Every day is War of the Worlds now. (laughs) The sequence of the critter swallowing a cherry bomb, I almost brought this up while you were talking about it, was controlled by puppeteers who were positioned below in a hayloft to operate the stomach and eye movements. Crew member Dwight Roberts commented that it took some effort to coordinate the critter's bulging stomach and eyes as it kneeled over in the hay due to the number of people needed to articulate it. Hmm. So I thought that was cool. I'm wondering if maybe that it was too expensive to make a lot of like, because we really don't see much of the critters doing anything other than the rolling or being attached to someone and like biting them. Maybe it's because they were so intricate. Yeah, it definitely just looked like they would always stand in place and then their little mouths would move. Yeah. And they would like move from side to side in a weird way. Yeah. I don't know. It (laughs) just didn't feel good. (laughs) Yeah. This is the only Critters movie where one of them grows to human size. Spoilers. The other movies don't seem to show them grow much from eating. So it's less interesting? Good. Yay! Yay! Last one before we get to the special effects. Yay! (laughs) Don Opper and Terrence Mann are the only actors to appear in all four Critters films. Their characters, Charlie McFadden and Ugg, respectively, appear in all four Critters movies. I feel like that's also a spoiler that we know that now the bounty hunters are going to exist across all of them. Yeah. You're welcome. I did like uh, Terrence Mann. He was very attractive. Was that the rocker guy? Yeah. Yeah. 
That was cool. Yeah. I like the song. They played it enough for me to like. Oh, I've got it. It's coming up. (laughs) I'm not going to use it, but I got a reference. Don't worry. (laughs) And then it's time for. Carfax. (laughs) The family truck is a blue 1964 GMC C series. Mm hmm. The police car is a 1980 Chevrolet Malibu. I'm starting to think that's just a police car. And the boyfriend's Porsche is a gray 1983 Porsche 944. Nice. Cool. That's it. <laughs> the The Carfax are never for us. It's for you, beautiful listeners. I don't know like, what I'm saying. Like the Carfax. <laughs> we, we're pretty sure we're saying cars, but mostly just seems like numbers and letters combined. Yay. Oh, should I have said Porsche? That's what confuses me. Porsche. 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 I Porsche. say Porsche. It's like the difference between Jaguar and Jaguar or Jaguar. I have never heard that. My grandpa has a Jaguar and he would get mad if I would. Well, not mad, but he would correct me if I said Jaguar. Oh, uh, and now it's or time no, for- I'm sorry. It's the Jag. Oh, of course. <laughs> now it's time for final thoughts. My final thought is this is probably the most boring creature flick we've watched on the entire show. And you love creature flicks. I do. I love my tremors. I love my eight-legged freaks. (laughs) I love just a bunch of creatures eating people, and this one was boring as shit. Oof. It was interesting that going into this, I thought that uh, Grimes was going to be an adult, but my time doesn't work in my brain. Yeah. So seeing him show up as a little child, I was like, what the fuck? What the heck? Who gives you a medical license? (laughs) My final thought is that this is pretty much not worth it. And (laughs) you could watch a clip show, you know, like movie clips on YouTube. Just watch that. And then that like with the after the clip's done, it cuts to the scene with all of the different frames of movie clips. Yeah. Yeah. You can watch that. And then that's just watching the movie. You're welcome. But I do want to say that I would watch. A remake. Mm-hmm. The concept is cool. I kind of would watch it being redone. I feel like there's so many good creature flicks that you don't need a remake of the bad ones. <laughs> just make a new creature flick. Make a space creature flick. It doesn't matter. Let's just watch Godzilla. I do want to watch Godzilla vs. Kong. I said that and now it's like it's like when you say the name of a food and then your mouth is like, yeah, we want that now. Now. Immediately. Yeah. Well, that's been Critters, a movie about the power of the night. Nice. That's the that's the song. That's the song. Next week we'll be watching Run from 2020. And remember, always scream responsibly. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Drinking and Screaming. Drinking and Screaming is produced and edited by Charlene Bear. Our sound engineer and logo designer is Kelly Wright. And it's hosted by, yep, you guessed it, Kelly Wright and Charlene Bear. For bonus episodes, Patreon poll voting privileges, and exclusive rewards, become a patron at patreon.com slash drinkandscream. Want a shout out? Review us on Apple Podcasts and we'll read your review live on the show. For more information, check out our website, drinkingandscreaming.com. 